0: Hello and welcome to the Stringer podcast number 37. I'm your host Clayton Hansler. Dylan Wilson is on the keys. Hello. The keys being the sliders. I don't know why I wanted to introduce myself this week. I just thought it was fitting. Maybe because we're in a new time slot, Dil. We're on Wednesdays now. Wow, middle of the week. This week, we have Andrew Zuber on the podcast. You can find him on Twitter at the underscore Zubes and at industry Zubes on Instagram. Your boy, the Zubes. Your boy, the Zubes. Why? I had to think about that. You know it's the morning when. I don't know if you heard, but Sportsfeld is back, baby. The sports podcast about nothing. New episodes drop every Tuesday. If you want to link up with them, you can find them on Twitter at Sportsfeld or on Instagram at Sportsfeld. Before we get to Andrew, though, we got a couple. We got a couple weekend notes for you. I'm not sure if you have anything planned. If you don't, we got something for you. Friday, February first, Green Day Dookie cover show. This sounds like everything I wanted in grade 9. 8 p.m. at the Cavern Bar, 76 Church Street. Thecavernbar.ca is where you can head if you want to figure out, you know, how to get tickets to this show. Dale, were you ever a Green Day fan? Well, you can tell... uh what period of our lives we listened to Green Day in because I'm thinking American Idiot was my oh, high school experience yeah. and not duckies. No, so. completely. I feel you. Saturday, February 2nd, Laval Rocket at – oh, I know this one. This is this is like a good old classic hockey twofer. Laval Rocket at Toronto Marlies, 2 p.m. at Coca-Cola Coliseum, and then Pittsburgh Penguins at the Maple Leafs at 7 p.m. You can have a whole blue and white Saturday. I know tickets can be a little tough to come by, especially for the latter game. But our friends at SeatGiant are willing to hook you up. Head on over to SeatGiant.ca and use promo code STRINGER and you can get tickets to both of these games and you can save money doing so. What else do you want on a Saturday? Wins? That's, That's all I want. Just some good old hockey. Good old hockey game. Sunday, February 3rd. It's the Super Bowl, bitches. It's my favorite time of year. It's that time where I get to be disappointed by a team that I didn't really cheer for anyway during the regular season. We have the Rams, and we have the Patriots. Dylan, early prediction? Go Rams. Oh, fuck you. Whatever. Official Budweiser Super Bowl party is happening starting at 2 p.m. at Rebel. It's 11 Pulsom Pier. Admission is free, and you can claim your ticket by going to bit.com. B-I-T dot Lee, L-Y slash S-B Rebel. All right, that's your weekend all wrapped up. If you don't like what we had suggested, completely understand. You can do one of two things about it. Either you can reach out to us and let us know what you have coming up. We'd be happy to promote it at Stringer Podcast on Twitter. Or you can email us events at the stringer.ca. Or you can go to seatgiant.ca on your own time and figure out what you want to do on the weekend. They've got everything from concerts, sporting events, theater, live shows, and comedy. Remember, no matter what tickets you buy and what city you're in, use promo code STRINGER and you can save yourself a couple dollars off your event tickets. That sounds mighty official, doesn't it, Dylan? All right, Andrew Zuber coming up. Uh, oh, we do this really weird thing. So when I was researching for for the interview with Andrew, uh, I decided just to pull like bios of random a- Andrew Zuber's from around america so you're gonna hear a lot of weird facts but i think we weave it into a pretty neat story at the underscore zoobs on twitter and at industry zoobs on instagram only one thing left to do dylan it's wednesday i'm not used to waiting this long in the week i really hope the super bowl halftime show is the sacks it's the super bowl bitches Usually I feel I have like the balance of power in these because I'm comfortable with my surroundings. Uh, I've I've been around the office, I've been around here for a while. Um <laughs> I don't feel that way right now. I feel that you've got it all mm-hmm. because you've been in the room already for an hour and a bit. <laughs> I'm worn, baby. You don't even like if I could set the scene, you don't even have to look at me right now. You're just like, "Hey, no. I got some tweets to figure out." I'm just cruising um,
1: my uh, Instagram stories. Anything interesting?
0: No. No. It's a slow Monday morning. Yeah. On the Instagram beat. There's
1: not a lot going on. Anyway. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is where we make our impact. It's weird, the thing that goes on on Mondays.
0: That's why we got it. That's
1: how we ended up a Top Five Show.
0: It's because everyone was excited. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. All the different analytics are weird, right? Because I think it goes first off like downloads. Or no, no, not downloads. It goes first off sub- new subscriptions. Yeah. And that's what gets you up quick. Right. But the thing is, is that always tends to to die off you're not going to be getting 150 no chance thousand subscriptions every week agreed you're only gonna it's going to go down to 70,000 yeah like 60,000
1: you know now that jake's not here like at no point was (laughs) i like oh we're more successful than jay and dan like at no point was i like oh we have more (laughs) listeners than they do no
0: andrew zuber on the podcast i didn't say it as loud and this is why is it andrew yeah
1: we're, is, back, we're back to Andrew.
0: We're back to Andrew. Yeah. What was it otherwise?
1: Uh, I did Arky for a little bit.
0: Now is that like uh, is that a, an origin of the name kind sure. of thing? It's
1: uh sure. It's an old family. <laughs> it's still my email address. Um, okay. It was an old family nickname inside joke sort of thing. Oh really? Yeah. And so for a little while, it was. Sort of how I would differentiate differentiate people in my life, uh, how close they are to me. Because right. like, generally, friends call me Zoobs or the Zoobs. Okay.
0: Um do you prefer the. Like, matter. do you need whatever, the? Whatever in is there. comfortable
1: for you. Um, <laughs> full. The full one is your boy, the Zoobs, which was the full on air name at one point. Um, Ybtz. You before. have to.
0: You have to repeat it your, so your verbatim. Boy, your boy, the Zoobs. Your yeah. boy, the Zoobs.
1: Um, Ybtz. But it, for one time, it was, like, the signifier as to how well somebody knew me. Like, right. my, my very close family would call me Arky. It's just sort of – um, it stemmed out of when I was a kid, my sisters and I and my parents would – on these long drives, my dad would give us baseball cards to open. Okay. And, like, a seminal moment of my childhood is my sister getting the King Griffey Junior Rookie card. It was like we stopped the car. Like, don't bend the corners, that sort of thing. Uh, and I got one, just a plug, just a nobody. Like, I was Arky C. and Frocco. He was a – uh, utility infielder for the Expos and Padres did a little bit of everything. Never good, but as soon as I said it, my dad was like, "Oh, that's your nickname for the rest of your life," and like it absolutely has been. Where very your much. My sister a gets
0: to be Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card nickname for the rest of her yeah. life, and you get to be utility infielder. Her nickname, never is, technically her
1: nickname is Dishes. But that's like <laughs> totally different. Like everyone in my family, there's no. How are you, Andrew? Like this doesn't right. happen. No. Um, So that was it for a little bit, but it's everyone says Archie, and it's just like it's not worth the headache
0: of describing that it's a hard C
1: H. Yeah, it's just not worth it. It's not actually my name anyway. For 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 a while, it was like oh, there are so many Andrews. Like every time I was in a room of more than thirty people, there'd be at least one other Andrew there. Andrew Z versus
0: Andrew C, or whatever it might be.
1: But ultimately, like it doesn't matter because nobody calls me Andrew either.
0: I was going through. We released. Jake got a kick out of this. We had a press release, and. I had asked, I talked with Sean about confirming what, how your name should be written on the press release. Mm-hmm. What does he want? What's preferred? And that's funny for me. It's like your boy. I'm like, it's your <laughs> soup. But it's like the first time we say your name, mm-hmm. we have to introduce you. Of course. I think by your Christian, I don't know why I want to say Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We want to introduce you by your
1: Christian name. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you. I think you hit all three in the press release.
0: Do we do we go yeah, with Clay? Because you
1: no, I think you did Zoobs, your boy the Zoo, Zoobs the Zoobs, and Andrew. Right. Um, so three out of four. Because you quoted me three as out Andrew, of five. You quoted me as Andrew Zuber but introduced the paragraph as the Zoobs,
0: as the Zoobs. Well, Which is go.
1: like, hey, whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah, we try our best over here at uh,
1: Stringer Podcast. I want to believe that Clay.
0: <laughs> So, how's today been for you? Awesome. Yeah? uh, You're lying. No, it's been amazing. I've been off my game. It's been, I've been sick all weekend. I'm recovering. I'm feeling great now. But this thing happens when you shut yourself in and decide that for like three nights, you're not going to see anybody. Yeah. You just go down this really dark tunnel in your head. You sure do. (laughs) (laughs) I just go down this really dark tunnel in my head. And I realized that, I said to Dylan, in the first 10 minutes maybe even less, that I was at the office, I was like, oh, yeah, I need to be around Something people. was off. No. I came, in, I came in, and I was
1: like, Clay's not – because this is my first look at corporate Clay, right? Like, right. Corporate I've, Clay. We've only ever had, yeah, like, clay. these meetings, and we did some, like, really light strategy. Yep. But – And I think I was better than you. Well, yeah. You had yeah. seen uh, adults previously <laughs> that day, I assume. <laughs> So I came in today and I was like, "This guy, he needs a minute."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to gather my stuff, and then we did a photo shoot. We did a promo shoot, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Sportsfeld's back. Yes, it is. That's wild. It's great because for us, it's something that we have been talking about for months. Yeah,
1: I, we August was actually. August, week? I think yeah. August
0: was the first time we sat down. We've been and talking about,
1: about this for. What, what does that make it? Four or five months? You know, and it's probably good. That's years in Clayton's world. It's crazy. By the way. And I I think it's good that we took our time with it because, you know, Jake and I were ready to come back the next week after that first meeting and and be like, okay, let's go. But-
0: uh, We just couldn't schedule a second meeting. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things had to change, you know. We're different people than we were then. I personally am in a different place. Um, But, you know, I'm really happy with the episode we put out today. I think it was very much the essence of- Mm -hmm.
0: Um, today but, being well, yesterday yesterday the, the, the show, whole yeah. Yeah, yesterday's show that we recorded this morning okay, i've nice. already screwed up the timeline of events yes you did that's why i that's
1: why i screwed up, <laughs> because you teed it up as how it was this morning <laughs> that was this morning <laughs> yeah.
0: i told you i
1: was this up. wednesday morning was great for me yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bad episode of or a bad sequel to back to the future my brother funny enough he was watching it on the weekend and he texted me at the weekend, and he's like, oh, I never realized this, I never realized this, did you know about this? And I have seen the movie a disgusting amount of times, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he wrote me, he's like, did you realize that you can't have a time machine without having both a time and space machine? And I was like, oh, here we go. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, think of That'll ruin your whole weekend. It it totally did. (laughs) Because I, for a second, tried to justify how it it didn't have to be. He's like, no, just think of the rate at which the the world turns and then it moves Mm -hmm. around the sun. He's like, let alone the way the universe moves. He's like, "It, it can't just place you back where you were. It has to then move you thousands, if not Hundreds of thousands of miles, if not more, depending on how many how much time you're you're moving through. And I'm like, can not it all just be relative to the Earth? He's like, no. And he and he for a second gets into like the changing math of mass of the Earth. And I was like, fuck you, Hansler. I'm like, I just can't have this. Keep in mind, it's, it's in the back <laughs> of a car. All of this yeah. is happening. Yeah. <laughs> the Delorean just has to appear in the parking lot of the Twin Pines Mall. That's all I ask. With using. As a segue, mm-hmm. time travel, I realized as I prepared for this that we have had, as you mentioned, nothing more than a handful of strategy meetings. Yep. Uh, we've been out for beers, I think, a couple times at oh, different events possible over a few years. And I know you from your personality more than you as a human, which is very different for me. I, I have spoken with a lot of these longtime friends that have had in the industry, and I realized I actually had to do my work. And, and actually had to do some research. So for the first time, I have not a page of notes, not, not even five pages. I think I have – what's the last number here? I have 12 pages of notes. No, that's got to be – I haven't done 12 pages worth of things <laughs> in my life. <laughs> you can fit it into one blurb, I think. Some of it, as you'll see quickly by this first page, mm. is only you know maybe 20% of the page. Big font. And it's big font so that I can – old man clay eyes can read it despite the amount of cold medicine he's taked, taken. Taked. I taked it. I taked the cold medicine. Yeah. It's okay. It's been tooken. It's been tooken. (laughs) (laughs) Tookst. So I I wanted, you know, maybe this will evolve a little bit, but I'm hoping we can start uh, perhaps in a little bit of true or or false format. If that's okay with you. So this one starts with the snapshot of Andrew Zuber's life, which is great. I can't believe I found this. It was captured by the 1940 U.S. census. (laughs) Andrew Zuber was born about 1930. His father, Andrew, also, you know, he must have been Andrew. Senior. You you must, yeah. Your dad was Andrew Senior, was 43, and his mother, Mary, was 43. In 1940, he was 10 years old. Makes sense, because in 1930, he was born. Yeah. uh, And you lived in Bayon, New Jersey, with your father, your mother, and your two sisters. Joy-Z. Yeah, so it's... (laughs) It's true. 100%. Are you confirming this? You're born in 1930. That
1: is, uh, there is an Andrew Zuber that fits that description.
0: 100%. You said already you have sisters. I do. Yeah. One sister, two
1: sisters? Two older sisters.
0: You look great for being born in 1930.
1: <laughs> I mean, parts of me do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One could say that. Where were you born?
1: I was born in uh, Hanover, Ontario. Kind of about 6,000, Midwestern Ontario. Oh, sounds awesome. Yeah. (laughs) uh,
0: So Midwestern, so are you past like the Brantfords and Hamiltons? Yeah. West-wise? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And are you north?
1: Yes, northwest of here. So if you were going to like Owen Sound, I'm on the way there. Oh,
0: that's where I know it's uh, because we used to travel up. I have a bunch of family in uh, Port Elgin. Just outside of Owen's uh,
1: My mom now lives in Port Hogan. So R- I spend my, when I go home, yeah. quote unquote, I go to Port Hogan now.
0: Beautiful beach town. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, it is home to, I think, at least 30 different Hanslers, wow. So you can yeah. just look around. At uh, one time, I th- I thought as a child, we ran the town because all of our family, like we would drive 20 minutes from my one aunt and uncle's home and there would still be more Hanslers and like a half a subdivision of them. Yeah, I spent all my childhood summers there. Uh, in Port
1: So you would have obviously
0: seen the train. Yes.
1: Uh, my first job was at the station in Port
0: Really? Yeah,
1: summer I was 15.
0: And you were just selling tickets? You were sweeping uh, the floors? What were you doing?
1: A little bit of everything. You'd scoop ice cream. Oh, uh, <laughs> brilliant. Short order cook. Very short. Maintain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> making burgers. I made burgers, which is like burgers and fries. Maintain the mini golf course. Yeah. And then you would have to, you would have to run with the train. So, because it crosses the street twice yes, yes. so you have to <laughs> oil it in overalls in the summer on the sand you had to oil it and then run ahead and make sure no cars come right and then jump on the train yeah. and then jump off for the next run one. ahead yeah so you had to jump on and off three or four times so you're running in like 35 degree heat in overalls and a cap is
0: it sounds terrible but i bet you the pay was just fantastic oh yeah 580 what do you
1: <laughs> what's the complaint about
0: i uh my Plus all the ice cream you could eat Oh, that's amazing. My first job... You was, write it down, and then you took it under your pay, but... <laughs> That's See, that's what I remember. I remember all the deductions coming yes. from all the jobs I had, uh, and I thought you had these perks. But perks were just a way of, like, nabbing you later. And I'm like, why am I working at the sandwich shop? Actually, the first place I worked was in a horse stable because I had it in my head that I wanted to compete in equestrian. I don't know why. Maybe I just really wanted to be Clint Eastwood. You're an odd boy. I, I was a very <laughs> – I was 10 years old, and here I was. I I, I went to the owner of the stable – and, and because we went there on a class trip, and I'm like, listen, I have a proposition for you. I'll work for you. You have to pay me in horse lessons. And she's like, done.
1: Horse lessons.
0: Yeah. Man, did they ever see a sucker coming a mile away?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, sure.
0: I would work two four-hour <laughs> shifts a week, yeah. two four-hour shifts a week, and once every two weeks, I'd get a horse lesson. I remember when I figured out that a horse lesson costs $25. Mm-hmm. That's – Yeah. They were like, "You little smartass!" I'll show you. <laughs> Man,
1: as soon as you said the word "horse lessons," they're like, "Oh, we got him on the hook. This is too easy for us."
0: Okay, fact number two. Okay, Andrew Zuber is a math teacher at Fort Osage High School, located in Independence, Missouri. Andrew Zuber's one teacher rating contributes to Fort Osage High School's ranking of one in Missouri. Additionally, the one aver- good, yeah, I guess so. I one ranking. I don't know. Additionally, the average teacher rating at Fort Osage High School is 4.59 stars. So uh, my question for you is – One h- seems bad. How's your math skills? Couldn't be
1: worse. <laughs> yeah. I failed grade 11 math twice.
0: Did you really? Yeah. Was that – so were you more of an English guy than
1: I uh, Is that where you kind
0: of leaned throughout school? When I
1: heard your podcast with Jake actually, um, you were – we're cut from the same cloth where I was just like, oh, I can just do the tests. Right. I don't have to do the homework. I didn't <laughs> do homework ever in a high school. And I Oops. look back at it. <laughs> And, like, what an idiot because, like, it's just reading and, like, fun stuff that I do now, like, learning. And they were, they were letting me do it for free. So I would get, like, my mom and my teachers hated this because I would demonstrate on the tests that I knew everything front and back. Yeah. And they'd be like, why the hell do you have a 65 in this course? You should be doing really well. And I was like, yeah, why Why should I have an 80? Why should I go to a good school?
0: When I can just pass through with a 65. Yeah. And do the ima- – amount. it was this weird for me. I think it was this weird form of rebellion.
1: Absolutely. Same it, way.
0: It was that's how I fought authority was by not doing the things that will help me. So stupid. It's like if I held my breath and stamped my feet, not only am am I not taking in oxygen, I'm expending all the oxygen that I have yeah. inside my body.
1: And I think it was like uh, proving how smart I am, I think was like right. – which is like so dumb. Because <laughs> then you get to a point where it that's, doesn't cut it anymore. No. And all the other kids learned how to work hard and you didn't. And you're like, oh, shit. Super stupid. The only class I ever did well in was drama because oh, you yeah. could just go with it. You could go in there and just bullshit. And they'd be like, wow, you're really committed. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you say, lady.
0: Yeah. I remember having full, I guess our periods were about an hour and 20, an hour and 30 minutes, uh, full periods in drama where we just meditated. Awesome. Which meant what a what a scam. Fast asleep. What a they scam. Was out. They put on music. They'd shut her eyes. It's all visualization techniques. And I'm like, yeah, I'm visualizing my pillow right now. In I'm in character
1: great. right now as a guy who's not paying attention to this. Um, similar though, drama ended up being the place where I really learned the value of applying myself because I ended up sort of getting it over my head with a role. Mm-hmm. Is we did Romeo and Juliet. Oh wow. And I was Romeo. And it's like you are on stage for like two hours straight. Like it's cr- like it was a lot of lines. And to this day, once a month, I have a nightmare about that play. No. Where, like, I, I'm in the dream and it's the day of the play and I got nothing and I'm just, I have no line, nothing memorized. And it's like, that play happened 14 years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm so <laughs> far past, so far past worrying about the, the lines in a high school play. That week before that play, obviously, I was stressed because it's still in my brain somewhere as yeah. a stress, but like, I really figured out that, like, like you can't smart ass your way out of this, yeah. right? You either, the light, the, you just have to buckle the play is going to start and yeah. you're either going to know your lines or you're not. And like, you're not going to learn them the day of, cause no. that's not going to happen for you. So that was sort of that first step of like, you know, you're capable of stuff. You, all that, all that not working you did earlier was <laughs> proving that you're capable. Right. But you're you not, to apply yourself. you're not actually applying yourself. Man. And when you do apply yourself, there's things that you're good at. And I sort of, regret now going back and being like, what if I was awesome at math, right? Like, Imagine. What if I had something of value other than being like sort of funny at sports to offer the world, (laughs) right? (laughs) I'm super lucky that I've been able to balance being sort of funny at sports into like a career, but I could have actually helped the earth probably some way (laughs) or like
0: cared about a different thing. It's funny that you said that about the ability to be kind of funny about sports and parlay that into a career do you ever think you're like wow i don't know how i tricked them into 100%. letting me do this 100% it's such a weird feeling is it because it's it's a little bit on self confidence Yes. right that you don't think i like and i'm speaking about me it's not about you i think you're great at your job that <laughs> i don't think that i for whatever reason belong right. where, where i am and then every time i get to do something i'm like whew, Trick them one more time. 100%. Thank goodness. Especially when
1: I was doing, like, my first, like, getting to go on location for Sportsnet and film, like, spring training or a winter classic. Mm-hmm. And you get in those buildings and you're like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe that I get to go to this. Um, they
0: paid for my flight. Yeah. They paid for my hotel room. Like, this is wild.
1: It, I think the biggest one that sort of flipped that for me, though, was, like, you mentioned sort of that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quit this industry to go to uh, entertainment field, similar, but different, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that I like. I'd spent my whole life sort of being ingrained in and I was so bad at it. And it was so stressful. And it was just like keeping me up. And I was like, just a wreck really depressed. And people would come to me and be like, you know, it's, it's imposter syndrome. Like you're, everyone thinks they're bad at the job. And I was like, but I actually suck <laughs> at this. Like, I'm sure part of it is imposter syndrome, but like right. people are bad at jobs. And I'm one of those people right now. So to, to get back I sort of went into this on the sports fold yesterday, but to get back to that, I've been given a chance here after really hitting the bottom of my confidence. Because mm-hmm. I'm, the confidence is what I, what gets me by a lot of the time. Is mm-hmm. I'm sort of able to, in a lot of situations, um, be confident enough to exude that I know what I'm doing, even if I don't a little bit. Um, to have taken that, have that taken away, and now get the chance to be back in sports media, um, I really feel like uh, I'm making the most of this mm-hmm. um, sort of this this second chance at. Actually making a career out of it that isn't just what I happen to be getting paid for right now. It's right. like – sports part of that where it's like it's a, it's a strategic part of my career now that I want to be this person and I yeah. want to have this stuff. And it's not just um, doing it because it's fun. It's like I I, I have – goals and a mission and it helps me be better at what I do so I mean I've tried to quit the industry three times <laughs> every every three years just can't get away every three years keep like, pulling me back yeah because I when I started this sports I was 21 and then at 25 I quit to go back to school hmm. um, and then I came back and I I got an internship at the score and then my role changed and I wasn't happy so I quit again and hockey night in Canada came in was like hey we'd love to have you board and I was like yeah I'll see what this is about for a little bit and then I tried to shift gears into the entertainment sort of side of what I was doing, and
0: with with Rogers, at the uh,
1: I was I went to Chorus. Entertainment. You went to I, Chorus. I was uh, doing social strategy for um, about thirteen channels, okay, ranging from like Treehouse and Kids, YTV, Teletoon, all the way up to History Channel and National Geographic. Wow. It's a lot, is a lot of my plate. I was very used to coming in, and the beauty of the sports cycle is every day the sport, the sport happens. Yeah, we give the score, we analyze it next day we start over again. Right. I was used to that great cycle. And entertainment is very much what are you doing – what's your plan for June when it's, when it's, you know, February? And I just – I was just so out of water and it was like I don't watch kids TV. So I have no idea what – like what – I don't have no idea what these people wanted from me. I'd
0: be worried if you did. Yeah, yeah. exactly
1: right. And I, you know, I panicked. And I, it was such a feeling of like you realize how entrenched I was into the sports world and – um how much that sort of came naturally to me because, and I really hit this home when I was, had my downtime at that work, was all I was doing was reading about sports and thinking about sports. And I was just like, what was I, like, what am I doing? Like, who? what am I trying to prove to myself and to other people? Like, who cares if I have this other thing? Like, yeah. if I have something that I'm really good at, I should be doing it. And I tried to apply places and got no's because when I was in my previous spots, like at Sportsnet, I really pushed back on learning new things. And I, if I could, similar to, My regrets about high school, I had the similar regrets about my first go-around at Sportsnet where, you know, when you are running social media for a company now, you have to be a graphic artist and you have to be a video editor and you have to be all these things. And I was very much like, well, I'm just good at tweets and that's what I'm good at and I'm better than anybody at it. And it's like that's so small of what the job is now Mm -hmm. to have willingly ignored those other skills really cost me. And it was a huge wake-up call because I was just like, oh, nobody wants me because kids are coming out of school and – and they're learning that stuff for fun. Like it's fun for them to video edit and they're not like, should I suck at this? They're just like, Oh, I made this for my friends and it's fun and now I can do it professionally. So I had to really have that like reckoning of like catching up on the hard work. Like you said, learning how to work hard and learning how to take this seriously because I think, and I feel like we're similar in this way is it seems so natural for this to be like really light and nothing. And just be mm-hmm. like, ah, it's just sports. It's, not life and death. And it isn't, but you have to be taking yourself seriously. And that's something that like has been a big change for me. And I think it's sort of bearing fruit in the very, very, very early stages.
0: Well, I, I do see then your likeness to the time math, you were you're yeah. a math teacher because knowledge five, clarity five, uh in this report. I thought one was good. Help, helpful helpfulness four, mm-hmm. easiness three. Listen, it's As not, a person. It's not, not supposed to be easy. I'm not easy. I'm not supposed to be <laughs> easy. It's
1: math. So to finish up on the math thing, yeah. failing it twice. I went <laughs> I went I went 32, the first time I took it, because I had gotten into a fight with my teacher and then just stopped showing up. That'll show him to fail this horribly. <laughs> he'll
0: he'll learn. That was like my story too. I was, was I'll, like, just, I'll, I'll just I'll stop him. showing up. I'll
1: teach he'll, him. He'll hate that. 32, 49, where I was like, just give me the fifty yeah, Come on. garbage. And then I went to summer school and I got 89. And the, and the summer school teacher was like, "What in the hell are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, I had nothing else to do here. Like, I have to come in and do the math work, and then I go home. I don't know. None of my friends are here. There's nobody to entertain." And he's like, "Well, so don't you are do good, that. You're, you're good a fucking at
0: idiot. <laughs> yeah. You're good at math. Yeah, that's what you learn in summer school." <laughs>
1: well, I was like, "Well, you give us the formula," and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> you've had the formula for two years." <laughs> like, oh, well.
0: Want to look at your your playing career because right. I know I'm uh, uh, it's well. Yeah, sure. Uh, Panta Creek High School. You you played as uh, (laughs) a catcher and a third baseman there. Uh, at one time you had the national rank of 3,404, which sounds a little high, but honestly, if you think about how many
1: players are probably
0: exactly in the United States of America, seeing as though you were born in New Jersey, Jersey, I think we established off the beginning. So a bit of a tough time in sophomore year. Um, you played only one game, one at bat. Uh, they didn't, I guess you were redshirted at the time Mm. and you had a batting average of zero. Uh, we all know how that one, at bat sample size, 2014, 15, uh, you, you progressed as a junior. Um, 19 games, 256, 43 at-bats, 14 RBIs. Incredible. clutch hitting. You you know what? You were always, always a team player and always wanted to support the people around you. And then your senior year, you go to the Hall of Fame with these kind of numbers – 25 games played. You were captain of your team and uh, 3 4 7 batting average. Finally hit puberty. I think that's what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) Finally had
1: some pubes. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Show the boys.
0: (laughs) Has baseball always been your first passion? Yeah.
1: You know, it's always been my dad played uh, fastball growing up and it was very good. Um, So that was always like that's what I played, that's what I watched. The first thing I remember wanting to be was uh, Tom Cheek. I wanted to be the, the broadcast voice of the Blue Jays more than anything in the world. Um, it's always been baseball, 100%. Yeah, all the way. It's just <laughs> just sort of been in, in my family, and it was what I grew up with. And the Jays were a championship-level team when I was in, like, the perfect year Age. for that. I was yeah. 7 and 8. Like, that's as good as it gets for a kid who loves baseball. Like, you sort of – that 92 is so funny because I'm 7 – and the Jays win the World Series, and the Leafs are really, really good. It's like, oh, this is – I'm set for life.
0: Th- this is what sports is. <laughs> this is
1: flight. This is sports yeah. in Toronto. All the teams are good all the time. And then, yeah. like, literally two and a half decades went by, and all those teams were trash. <laughs> forever. <laughs> but, yeah, the Blue Jays cemented that for me. I, I'm, those were, like – that's forever, like, memories for me.
0: We shared it at about the same time. I think I was eight and nine. Yeah. Uh, when they won those World Series. And I, all you can remember – Is dominance. They just didn't lose when I was young, growing up. Exactly. And that, as a child, gets impressed in your brain at a very basic level that we do this thing and we're better than everyone at it. Yeah. And then the strike happened.
1: Sure. Yeah, big time.
0: Which was a wild reset. And I wonder, if we were to look back, I wonder how much damage they not – it's unfair. You're not blaming it on one organization. No. But how much damage was done in Toronto? Because you have in a city that is Leafs crazy. I remember reading a story uh, from, uh, I guess it was early October 1993. And the Leafs were playing, the, uh, I believe it was Washington at Maple Leaf Gardens. And they only had, I think, 5,500 people show up to the game. It's crazy. Yet the Sky Dome at the time, Rogers Center, was packed. It's crazy. Packed. And and it was redefining redefining what sports was in Toronto, but then you have to put a complete hold on everything for a year, and the Leafs are still going.
1: I think it's also – it would have been very interesting because there's that talking point of they never got to defend the title, right? They never they never got to really run it back with the 94 team and, and see – because 93, they added Ricky Henderson and they added Paul Mulder. They had all these ads. You never really got to see them. By the time they came back, 95, it was like, oh, I would tear it down. It would have been interesting like retroactively to see – how they handle 94 as the expos also grow. Right. Right. Maybe that, maybe the Jays just miss out and the expos take off and they make the playoffs and it goes, man, Canada's having a, a nice little half decade here yeah. and, and it really grows and it becomes across the country. Kids are like popping up. I mean, I think, I think it definitely has an impact um, because I don't think that generation of kids a little bit younger than us have that same passion for you know the Raptors have done a great job of capturing that because at 2000 Vince was the only guy anybody cared about in the entire city like Mm -hmm. it was crazy and they've done a great job of this next generation is really basketball crazy because it's such a fun sport to follow the stars are so accessible you get to see them you get to see what they look like and, and what they do and they've struck a nice balance between celebrating the individual and team results being what matters like teams win but players get celebrated so I think it would be very interesting to see what what happens if we get a full 94 but they would have eventually been bad anyway <laughs> it would have eventually happened but i think it's something that definitely you know it keeps you
0: curious hi my name is andrew zuber and i'm 16 years old i go to a charter high school where i can learn at my own pace mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of video games of every genre, but I mostly get games that I know the main characters, since they always seem to surprise me in their new games. Uh, this is from your earlier blog that you yeah. ran, obviously when you were 16 and it's in high school, if I remember from it's your funny sports stats.
1: <laughs> if you really did want to, like, you could find we're, not far off no from <laughs> this. Like, it's this isn't out of like, oh, this is nothing like me. Like, ah, it's,
0: uh. were you a big video games guy? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It, it, like. To the detriment of the rest of my life, probably. <laughs> just like, because I, 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 ADHD, I'm, I'm a classic case of it, where like, if something doesn't interest me, it just doesn't hold my attention, full stop. But if something does, like, the whole world's just gone. Mm-hmm. And like, very much, like, I didn't really drink or do drugs, but I would just like waste my weekends playing video games, like, just. I my parents sick. It's like, what is the smell in here? Like, what is this? Just a kid, just gaming, like sweat gaming, like really grinding. To think that's a career now. People play video games for money is like
0: – It's th- wild. The onset thank of Thank God the, that didn't exist when e- I was a kid
1: because I would have convinced myself I could do it. Right. Yeah. I,
0: I I just – I got good enough, I think, to play the computer on medium mode. Yeah. And then I was happy with – and then I dialed it back to easy this so is, I could win 10-1. This
1: is part of um, – modern video games that i did that i like it's sort of a dissonance for me like when i grew up the games were easy and fun like i can't imagine a kid growing up like
0: losing games
1: loving to play mlb the show it's just not a right. fun game no. like no. <laughs> one button to pitch one button to swing i don't i enjoy it because i'm a 33 year old man yeah. who wants to pretend to be a baseball player but like nba 2k is really really complicated now uh like it used to be really simple
0: NHL and their like magic stick, whatever they call the it, stupid. They're you know we can do yeah. the trick stick and do all these things. No, I'm sure the teens
1: are dominating. Teens are always better at these kind of things. But That's true,
0: I hate saying things like that. Though.
1: It's true. I know because <laughs> you were a teen and you dominated. I, was, I, I dominated. I missed those days. Couldn't touch you. But uh, I can't imagine like growing up and being like eight and picking up the show. You'd be like, oh, it's garbage <laughs>
0: this is so hard. It's
1: just <laughs> shitty and like they put no effort into yeah. this at all well they get to this point now and it's like people want the games to be too hard it's like i play video games to escape and to be a champion i'm not here to like grow as an adult and be like i need to learn my strategy it's like no i want to blow these people out of the water yes. because it's a video game completely medium give me a nice a nice medium be- where i have to be paying attention to win But I win handily when I am paying attention.
0: I said this actually uh, after the first tournament game in the NHL All-Star game this weekend. I'm like, nothing makes me laugh more. Nothing entertains me more than a classic trucking. Like, Mm -hmm. I love when someone just gets trucked and I laugh and I giggle because, uh, unless I'm on the wrong side of it. Yeah, of course. Because I know how frustrating it gets for the people involved and how... Painfully easy the one team makes it look, even if it's strictly bounces going their way. Getting bored with winning is such a great feeling. (laughs) Scoring again? again. (laughs) I guess. This is lame. Uh, (laughs) New Andrew Zuber. Newcastle, UK, via Los Angeles, via Seattle, USA. In it, I wasn't thoroughly bitten with a magic bug until my mid-20s okay. when I visited the Magic Castle for the first time and saw Denny Haney uh, do his card manipulations can't know this one. Palace of Mystery. Sufficiently fooled, I knew I needed to learn magic. I visited my local magic shop, the Magic Apple, in Studio City, California. There I purchased my first set of cups and a wand. So you went from Jersey down to North Carolina. Now you're in California. The guy who sold me them uh, said to me, or handed me the bag and said, "These are like spinach for magicians."
1: I think I know that. I think I know that Andrew Zuber.
0: Do you really? <laughs> yeah.
1: I was gonna wait till the end, but I have this. I bet you're gonna get the other one too. Uh, my old email address was Andrew underscore Zuber at hotmail com. Okay. And the guy without the underscore just, would sometimes get my email, and I would sometimes get his. Yeah. And so, so you decided to. I've been corresponding with another Andrew Zuber since I was like 16. And I, I have, I have, I have three, there's three of us on Facebook that are all friends and every one of our birthdays will all comment happy birthday. And we've just watched our friend groups be like, what is happening right now? There's just a wall of Andrew Zubers saying happy birthday, Andrew. It happens every year. Uh, I know. Yeah. I've made an, an outreach to the other Andrew Zubers. So I, I think I know that one. I think that's the guy I, if I'm thinking of.
0: Los Angeles, right? You are. Uh, he's now in Newcastle, UK. Magic. Ca- oh. Now he's in Newcastle. Magic ever an in interest to you? Uh, to watch, never to participate. Never to participate. So the guy, the
1: guy no. with the actual Andrews Lieber Instagram handle, we're friends.
0: Oh, look at look at those photos. And we
1: we look just similar enough. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's been it's been over a decade and a half. It's just close enough, like of interests, that like you could fake that one we or the other. I like to watch. I I enjoy the like stage magic. Yeah. I think it's cool. But like, never have I ever. The reason why these, I... are, your, these are your interview questions. So do you like magic? <laughs> <laughs> what is this show? <laughs>
0: I want to know about your comedy history. Sure. Because that's, uh, it's the performance bug. Mm. I think being bitten with that idea, and we talked about drama class class earlier, is that uh, idea that to perform gives you some sort of release, but also relief at the same time. Absolutely. Um,
1: It was sort of like, not spur the moment, because it was building, but when I was, my first growing into sports, then I was doing highlights and I was doing like, making head like, the headlines for the television show, and it was fun, but there was no creativity to it. It was very much just plug and play, and I knew, not knew, but I felt along that I had this inside me that I wanted. I wanted to be an on cam guy. I wanted to be a funny guy. I wanted to like show a little personality in this space, and I just didn't see it um being able to come out. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't see the avenue, so I went. Probably not the right way to do it, but I went to uh, comedy school, which was – Humber College offers a comedy writing and performance program. So I did two years where I was like – every day I was doing stand-up and I was writing sketches and I was doing improv. Um, and then I went out and I grinded in mics, open mics, and and like low-level playing gigs for about three years. And um, – just not for me like Mm -hmm. you sort of have that run where you feel really bad that you I felt really guilty and I felt really shitty and I was like oh my god I threw my life away for this and I (laughs) like I'm not that I'm not good at it but it takes so long like Mm -hmm. it takes so so long and I eventually came just to terms with like I don't want to go to bars every night I don't want to be in five bars you know, in three days and wait two hours to do five minutes and then bomb and then feel bad about it, and then have to go to my day job that I don't like and be and in stress a, about it being in a shitty apartment yeah. and like you know, I have friends that are some of the best comedians in the country, and they still have to work in kitchens and they still live with four dudes in a three bedroom apartment yeah. and like power and it doesn't bother them at all and power yeah. to them right yeah. and it 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 I was just in a different space in my life. I'm really happy I did it because I look at it and I go. I scratched it. I scratched the itch. I know what it would take. I know that if I really, 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 really wanted to, ten years from now, I could be pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna, you know, that sort of, that sort of thing where there's a level of comedian that you're just born with it, right? Um, and not everyone's gonna get to that level, but there's no reason you can't be a professional comic and have that be your main source of income if you choose to stick with it. I didn't see. Me personally, the value in how long it would take versus how how good I was ever going to be. You know, I knew I, I could be a middle guy. I could probably have been a guy who goes out and does 10 minutes before a headliner. And maybe now and then I could do an hour. But those guys, like my friend Nigel, is just like, it's just unreal. Like he's just born to do it. And it's just everybody, every day of his life, that grind is not even a thought to him. It's just, that's what his job is. So it's not hard for him. Um, it's sort of that difference between like, say you love to play the drums, right? And you love you go, you go drum every day in your apartment. Like, I love playing the drums. It's like, in yes. your apartment.
0: Yeah. You, you obviously don't play the drums. Or wherever. No. Or wherever.
1: <laughs> but hypothetically, right? That same sort of that same band thing. It's like, yes, you love to play music. Are you down to like cram into a van and drive to Sudbury mm-hmm. to play for nobody and then drive back for no money just because you love music that much? That's sort of the question you have to ask yourself. And I learned a ton about Confidence and performance and and writing process and being comfortable in any situation that I've taken with me and sort of nothing I do in my job now feels shittier than not being funny out loud. (laughs) Like there's nothing worse than – like once you've you've bombed and I mean like bombed, like really, really, really had a whole room of people tell you with their silence that you weren't good at what you were doing –
0: Joke after joke for just minutes,
1: plowing and, and just yeah. plowing through it because you can't leave. You have to. You, you did your five. Yeah. Like you have five minutes, man, yeah. and just like sweating and panicking. Once you've been through that, like a boardroom meeting, is you're just like, i eh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funnier than these people. It's be easy. <laughs> like it's just easy. It, it. And you know, I've been blessed with the chance in the in the last few months to start doing some on camera work in sports, mm-hmm. and people have been saying, you know, you seem really naturally comfortable and it's, it's just like i can just do another take like i can just do this again better it's yeah. like that ability to also self-analyze because a lot of comedy the hardest as hard as bombing is then watching yourself back And
0: listening yeah
1: to and the tape. some people can't do that some people can't take notes but i love it i love getting notes for my performances because i get to get better that's that's how i view it and and it's made everything else all that performance stuff so much easier especially when it's not live
0: and with your writing, you, you mentioned it lightly, but I am at, like that's where I see the biggest differences really shining through. After you try a thing, you work hard at it and you go a different direction. Uh when I say try a thing, I don't mean anything. I mean comedy. Right. That writing aspect Carries with you, and just the speed and the timing at which you write things. Even it can be even within sports, but you have a very special brand of sports that you work with. That you work within, mm-hmm. um, and and you must have seen difference there, or or you continue to keep that thinking. Yeah, I think what stand up forces you to do, especially when you look listen back to it,
1: is you keep mind of what words you said and didn't say, and. You get really good at shaving off the word you don't need in sentences right. because you can say a joke basically the same way two times, but you left a word out one time and it's either way funnier or way less funnier. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, that economy of words is what this is. That mm-hmm. that editing, that shaping it down is what this is. And the biggest skill that I took away from that was writing in voice and writing, how do I, like you mentioned, sort of that weird, unique brand I've been able to like build in the sports world is now I know how to write in that voice. And Sort of sketch writing helped in that way because you can't write a sketch where every character is just you because mm-hmm. it's not funny, right? It's this, That's just a person talking to himself. You have to be able to write other opinions that aren't your own. And I think that lets you work that muscle in terms of um, how do I write – at Sportsnet, for example, I would have to write Sportsnet-branded tweets – and I had to write Hockey Night in Canada branded tweets, and I had to write Roger's Buzz branded tweets, and I had to write Roger's Helps branded tweets. That's not the same voice four times. Right. It's, it's four very different ways to speak to people, and I don't know that it would be happening as quickly if I didn't have that comedy experience to step out of sort of the the basic way of saying it to – how does this brand say that? And I know talking about brands is is a little <laughs> corporate, A little yeah. corporate of you. It's a little – it kills you a little bit, but that's also
0: keeping me fed. So <laughs> it is what it is. One of my favorite shows still is Saturday Night Live. Sure. But you can – can you notice the difference between someone who's a good sketch comic and someone who's a good stand-up comedian? Yeah. I in think the way they present themselves?
1: I think there is a little bit uh, – w- one thing that it really gets you to do – And I can't turn this off. Is you'll see something, and all you can think about is, man, what would the what what must the room have been like when they were writing that? Like you'll watch. My favorite one is uh, Spider-Man Three. Remember that awful Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man Three?
0: Yes, just the guns walking down the air and the the brutal sweep around. Right, and that that whole scene scene, in the
1: jazz bar. That stupid scene happens right in the film. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, someone came into the writers' room that day and pitched that. Someone else heard that and said, why don't we add a hair flip? Someone else said, why don't we have him walk into the room and do a disco move? And then... (laughs) Hop
0: on tables, play the piano. And then they
1: got on set and Toby did it. And the director said, that was really good. Put that in the movie. Yep. And then later on... It gets edited. An editor said, did I edit that right? Someone else came in and said, yep, that scene (laughs) looked great. That scene is in the movie. We all agree, right? We're putting that scene in this movie. Like... (laughs) Ten people had to sign <laughs> off on that. I know. He didn't just show up and do that. That's planned. That's insanity.
0: <laughs> That's what goes through my head more and more and more. More and more. That I will watch. I'll watch movies that get terrible ratings. I'll watch movies that people think are shit. I'll watch all the B-rated, C-rated, D-rated movies on Netflix because someone put money behind that. Amazing. And a group wrote it and produced it and edited it and I hate that term, edited it, and put it out. There were so many opportunities for someone to go like,
1: no. Of no. Course, of course we're not putting that <laughs> guys, <in the>
0: <laughs> guys, is it just me, or does this not fit the tone <laughs> yeah. of everything else? Someone should always be like, hey, does this suck? Are, are, are we saying that this is the impact that the Venom symbiote right? has on people? Is that is that what we're... It's like, in like, a weird way, it's like the mask.
1: I could do a whole day on Spider-Man 3. Maybe we should. Because they were like, we need Venom to be like... Darkest villain, the venom is like fucking crazy. It's like, where is Foreman from that '70s show? (laughs) Get him, get him on the phone now. (laughs)
0: Uh, NBA and sarcasm I know three magic tricks This is the Andrew Zuber You correspond with My initials are like My approach to photography I am A to Z Or A to Z photo Not just because my name My work covers The spectrum of the medium From architecture to zebras If it exists It's art Andrew Zuber All
1: of us I think in this list That you're pulling out Mm -hmm. All of us has used From A to Z At some point To tell ourselves
0: I wish I had that All I have is CH And the Montreal Canadiens logo
1: When I was Uh when I was sixteen, I was on the radio for the first time. I did a co-op at a radio station. I wanted like my first goal was radio. mine too I wanted to be, I wanted to be on the radio every day. That, that seemed like the coolest possible job. Yeah. You just go and talk. that sounds amazing. Uh, and it was eight Z in the morning. It was my uh, eight
0: to in the show. morning. oh yeah. that's pretty it, 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 you just had it in your head. Why, why, you, you never, how could it not be that? Did, did you pitch to the to the program director at the time? You're like, listen, I got a great idea. Yeah,
1: sort of like that. It's a, it a volunteer radio station, and I was doing co-op. Yeah. So they would give me they give me Friday morning. They're like, you can have Friday morning. Amazing. In hindsight, like that's nuts to give a high school
0: student. Uh, Andrew Zuber was arrested by Casper police for public indecency and public intoxication. Police say at around 11 p.m. to. Uh, 11pm on Tuesday, a federal security guard was on patrol outside of the downtown Casper post office when he saw a vehicle improperly parked on North Walcott Street. The guard then made contact with an intoxicated male and female who were fornicating inside the vehicle on the side of the post office building. Zuber admitted to officers that he had been drinking earlier in the evening, and he was on his way home with his girlfriend when he got the urge and wanted to be spontaneous. Wish I could be that cool. Ever. No, so it's true or false? That's uh, that's a false for you. That's, that one's a false. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you have to deny that story. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, my brother, one time, I'll tell my brother. Uh, we'll see how safe we're going to be with yeah. us. I'll tell my brother's story once. Lead us into this. Uh, uh, he got. He la- lead us down this dark, dark path. He got a paintball gun. And in the and it was a big deal at home. He is the middle child, and I'll say, especially in his teen years, really played to that stereotype. Were you the? I was the oldest. Oh, yeah. I'm the baby. Never you, got in trouble for anything. My uh, uh, sisters hated it. It's Trevor and my family. I just steal the car and they'd be like, that kid. It's like, we've <laughs> seen it all. My mom, I think in a two week span, all three boys were brought home by the place. All oh, three of you boys. What a, uh, yeah. what a living hell. <laughs> <laughs> for my poor mother, like oh, three, yeah. three boys and a father that was basically a teenager himself. Mercy. Um. Eric got himself a paintball gun after months and months of first saving up because he had to pay for it himself. And second, pleading with my parents that this will be fine. Uh, and the first night, they were hiding in the bushes out front of my place and shooting cars as they went on went by. Did they not realize the car passing and shoot a police officer? Oh yeah, uh, or a police cruiser who then screeched. They yeah. hi- like to a halt. They I like telling half stories or even half sentences, hoping that people understand. Uh, they hightailed into the forest behind her house, and my mom got a yeah. on the door with a police officer, and they asked, "Does someone in your own family own a paintball gun?" Saying, this is like
1: day one of all the
0: Day again? one. Legit day <laughs> one. My mom's happy to give my brother up at that point. She's like, yeah, that's my son. Officer asked if he was home. My mom said no. And asked, would you please call us when he returns home? So my mom decided to show like. Prove him a lesson. Show him a lesson. Of give him a lesson.
1: Slow play this exactly, Absolutely. and
0: and uh, called the police as soon as my brother came home. Uh, what she didn't know was that my brother's friend was so scared about what happened, he slept in the bushes out front out front of our house for the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't move. That's awful uh, and amazing. Do you have a do, is there is there a story? I that just heard may, this. It's not crazy, but you know, add some laughter to the situation.
1: Yeah, I just actually this just came up over, over the holidays. as I. Had a run where I apparently um, prank called the operator, like re- <laughs> like relentlessly, like relentlessly for like a week, to the point where she just like well, obviously th- your was- phone number is visible to me. <laughs> um, my whole job is seeing phone numbers. She called my mom back and was like, You've, "Your son's been terrorizing me at work. <laughs> like you're getting." And we got fined. We like a fine for doing that. Holy smokes! I uh, not great. I was playing all the hits, you know? Is your, is your fridge running, that sort of thing? Playing all the hits. You're a
0: Simpsons kid? Yeah, of course. Out. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I, that that was exactly it. Like, just.
0: Oh, I don't know why, but that kills me more than anything you could have told me. So that makes so me harmless, so happy like, on the inside. Imagine being at work and setting the scene. You work in probably a small, stuffy office with be. a lot of people you, that sit too close to you and that you see every day and you're kind of sick of their bullshit. Your boss is probably an asshat because he doesn't make a ton of money in his middle management role, and it's like Thursday at 4 p.m., and you got to pick both your kids up from school, at like which you're already late for. And then you have to drive Johnny to hockey because he has it at an ungodly hour on Thursday. And here you get this little shit calling from a 905 number or wherever. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Again, To remind you of some dumb shit. And you just can't. And you, you, first of all, you can't swear at him, which would be so, I'd be like, listen, I know you live, you little fucker. Like I would want to scare him, but you can't. You'd be out of a job, which sounds great in the moment, but really wouldn't. The long play is terrible on that. I hope she found time to laugh at some point. It's funny the like, why did I not think that
1: the operator could call me back, right? <laughs> like the whole job is answering phones. Obviously they work the other way at some point. I just I'd never considered that they would call back.
0: No. <laughs> it's because your number isn't zero. Like how how do they like, know I only need to remember one number. They need to at the time seven, maybe ten, depending on where it I was. I've
1: never pictured the operator. do we have I mean, you still have operators? If we pick that phone up and dial zero, would somebody answer?
0: Can we, do, it? do you want to try it afterwards? I'll crank it. Yeah.
1: it, I'll break it, I'll break it right now It's me
0: <laughs> No uh, This is probably the most I'm back, uh, I'm, I'm back. We're back No <laughs> You have nightmares of that play you did. Yeah. She has nightmares of you. Prior, uh, Andrew Zuber, workers' compensation attorney, mm. apparently. Prior to my current job, I was lecturing about magic eight balls for farmers. A lot of magic in A this. real dynamo when it comes to investing in jigsaw puzzles in Miami, Florida. Spent childhood getting my feet wet with accordions in the government sec- sector. Have a strong interest in researching action figures in Nigeria. Practice in the art of developing strategies for dolls in the aftermarket. My current pet project is training action figures in Jack. Florida. i included this first of all because i thought it could have been you close because it's so well written uh second of all because i think this guy's an absolute god uh just the way he wrote that
1: man the Zubers are there's, <laughs> there's some weird people in this list
0: they're an incredible bunch aren't Andrew's they crew. uh i bring this one up because i've been in spots in my life and i don't I hope I don't do it anymore. I don't think I do it anymore. Where you write your job description to be something it totally isn't. What a journey this is for For, you. For me or for you? To have found all these. (laughs) It was the most exciting thing I did all weekend. Remember I told you I spent too much time alone? That's true. (laughs) This is what happens. When you look. So I did a lot of jobs until I really figured out what I was going to do. Because I I figured I might as well just keep trying things. Mm -hmm. And. That in all the initial jobs when you're young, I worked at a bank. I worked at a sandwich deli. Yeah. I worked digging post holes. Uh, then moved on, and I worked as o- a temp. Old post hole Hansler. Eh? <laughs> post hole digger Hansler. <laughs> uh, you know, I stay in decks. Stainer wow. Hansler. Um, that doesn't work. I at got all. fired
1: a lot when I was a kid. I got fired a lot in like a three-year span. <laughs> what were you doing? I worked at a Walmart. Me too. Yeah, I got Insubordination. They got me
0: on that one. It's funny that you say that. I quit because I picked up the phone and I dialed nine or whatever the loudspeaker thing was. And I said, Frederico is a fucking asshole. And I hung it up and that was my manager. And I I, I didn't want to stay. Clearly, I walked out the door and I threw my little blue vest behind me. And I said, so long. Um, corporate pigs. <laughs> corporate pigs. I'll never be Capitalist like you. Spoken. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart. I was moved from the toy department. Listen now, hey? Th- look at them struggling. Right? <laughs> you know what? They should have listened. Writing was on the wall. Uh, I started in the toy department, which was heaven. I worked through two Christmases, but it was heaven for me. I love the toy department. It's I am a child and I forever will be. Then they moved me to, like, candy mm. and they didn't have full grocery aisles at the time but they had like candy and and just food that can last forever and you probably shouldn't eat uh and i was that through um valentine's day and that's uh, what i think finally broke me
1: i was at i was in like automotive and paint which like i couldn't care less oh. about one of those things so i would always hang out in sports or electronics and they'd be like you should be in your section i was like my section sucks so bad like only the worst people come to my section and i got written up uh, the 2002 gold medal hockey game I got written up because I refused to leave electronics I was just like I'm watching this game here write yeah. me up I don't care like, they, like yeah we obviously yeah. will <laughs> stupid 17 year old you have no value to our company you come in here and make sure nobody steals paint and you don't do a very good job
0: and you don't even yeah. do that I couldn't You're care sl- less if
1: so they steal paint from you <laughs> uh, it's of
0: zero interest to me
1: yeah I got one. It was three strikes I got that I got a dress code and then I like
0: ooh a dress code
1: and then I, and then I was like oh, I'm on two strikes <laughs> It my ass. Like, I just, one day I just told the supervisor, it's to you. I just, I don't want to work here anymore. Screw off. And that was and like, I want to write you up. I was like, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> write me up.
0: I'm going to run through these very quickly because it's to do with work. Uh, Andrew Zuber of Fairplay, Colorado holds a master plumber license and one other license, according to the Colorado License Board. Their Build Zoom score of 91 ranks in the top 37%. Top 37 is not that great. (laughs) It's not that great, right? (laughs) Uh, We recommend double checking their license status with the license board and using our bidding system to get competitive quotes. Sounds like a Yelp. It does sound like a Yelp review. Uh, This one even more so. Andrew Zuber is an emergency medicine specialist in Daytona Beach, Florida. Nice digs. Uh, He specializes in emergency room medicine, which I kind of figured. He ranks 12 of 14 emergency room doctors in that area. And it gives a. You might. Could could be worse. (laughs) It says you might also like Dr. Michael Antonello. He has five stars. Top 12 of 14. That's me selling. That's a me sell for sure. As two guys. He'd be a lot worse off. I would, at that point, go and rank myself in my own Yelp review. Yeah. Since when did Doctors get ranked, though? Could, everything gets ranked now. It's, it's good to know. 12 of 14, I just think that not enough people are seeing my name. Yeah. I'd wear a bigger badge, and I'd be extra lollipopy. It's your boy with, every day. It's your boy, the Supes. Uh <laughs> Daytona Beach isn't that nice either, also, by the way. A half-decade of sports broadcasting experience on both sides of the camera, microphone, and keyboard, as well as time spent performing in the top comedy venues in Toronto enjoys uh, Jarlsberg cheese and yeah. Lowe's writing in the third person. Um, that one's actually me? That one's actually you. It only old, took though. us an hour. That's old, though. Is it? Half-decade. Uh, I don't know. It's big. still pretty good.
1: That, no, that's my old Discord bio. And I, it's funny you bring that up because when I was working at Chorus, people, like random vendors of, like, social platforms would email me try to get my – like, hey, can we – Can we talk to your company about us being your platform of choice? Right. And the best one that ever got me to, like, answer the phone found that bio and used that information against me. She was like, Like, oh, I also enjoy cheese and uh, third person. You should – Let's talk about social platforms. And I was like, you did enough, you did enough research for me to email you back and ask right. what this is. And then I figured out what you wanted. And it, no.
0: And then you got out of it. I'm way less
1: important than you think I am to this company, lady. <laughs> <laughs> you think they give me the keys as to what platform we use? No. <laughs> They're shocked that I'm coming in still.
0: The reason why I bring up the, the old score bios is because that's where you and Jake met for the first time. That is time.
1: where Jake and I met, yeah. It's a different, it was a different – it went under a lot of changes really quickly. It was a different <laughs> barn when we left and we got there.
0: What – did you? F- how do I ask this in a not stupid way? What did you like about each whole, other? It's this whole podcast. <laughs> how do I go through these sheets how can of It's less dumb than it has to be. Um, well, what clicked between the two of you? Because I have known of the two of you. Yeah. I feel. I think for seven. How long ago were we at the score? I feel like it was seven years. But about that, it, yeah must be, 2012 2012 yeah that's what i think
1: seven years ago so well we both started similar times but we, like when we came in they were in that blog boom where that was like i got to come in fresh out of comedy school and i was doing a podcast every single day for a wrestling daily dose with my friend norm souza um who's like a brilliant comic and sketch writer um so i would do daily dose every single day i got to guest on drunk jays fans once a week I got to guest on Getting Blank once a week, and I got to write whatever I wanted on those blogs. So I was there. It was for free for three months because I was interning. But I was like, this is a dream. Like, this is Mm – it's fun content. It's easy. It's, like, really light. It's my perfect voice. I nailed it.
0: And people around you are in the same creative space. Yes. Which is very important as well. And then the
1: day my internship ended, Rogers bought the TV part of it. Oh, And I was like, I just quit Rogers. Like, oh, my God. But the digital side became its own thing. Yeah. But – I Became a news editor, which is like your aggregator basically. Yeah. So Jake and I were in that same boat of like, we got brought in here to do one thing, it's been taken away, and in hindsight, we didn't handle it great. We were both like, fuck this, thing. like, <laughs> we're so much better than, like, we're not better than anything, we're not especially skilled at anything. And Sports Club was born out of. Claiming that space back for us and being like, this is why we're here. is what we're doing. If you're not going to let us do it, we're going to do it in your building under your nose, whether you like it or not. Uh, and it happened to coincide with, like, a very roller coastery section of our personal lives, and we didn't shy away from blending those two worlds. And I think that was – for a lot of people, like, that listened to us and that enjoyed the show and gave us feedback – That's all anybody talked about. No one was ever like, oh, man, great sports insights. They were like, wow, you guys got real at the end of that show. And we're like, yeah, you know, we weren't afraid of it. So I think that was sort of the niche we were able to carve out. And we got lucky in that way that it was sort of ahead of that wave of mental health being something that gets talked about in sports. Those things are a lot more closely knit now than they were back in the day. Um, I think we did a show. It was the first ever Bell Let's Talk Day. And we were just like, you know, this is something that we dealt with. And we were very frank with Talks we'd had and fears that we had and and you know helping each other and, and it was sort of um, the right place at the right time for a lot of that stuff.
0: Is that kind of the birth of sad not sad?
1: Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Sad not sad it was um, we were both so sad, <laughs> <laughs> right? We were both so sad and and the, and you know they teach you when you're doing comedy that that you have to write about what's real and you have to be honest with yourself and that's where you're the things that you feel passionately about are the things that you will create the greatest art about and it's very much the same in acting and tapping into those emotions and that was sort of being able to as best we could bring that back into the show we had just done or why we were doing the show or like there was episodes where I had gotten broken up with the day before and it was like 40 minutes of bullshitting about sports so we could get to the half hour where I'm just like, I'm going to die alone. It's <laughs> just like really sad stuff. But you know, it was for who we were. And at the time in the, in the, the space we were in, it was really cathartic and, and it resonated with people and we got lucky in, in that way.
0: Is there a truth behind the idea that people all want to feel vulnerability? Is that, is that where it comes from with your ability to be honest and be forthcoming? Yeah, we can laugh at it because in a weird way, we're using humor half as a band-aid, but also as like a self, as like this long heel thing. But those who listen want to connect to that vulnerability because there's a piece in them that feels vulnerable the exact same way.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think that was a big part of it. And I think also, I think sports media, there is a tendency to be suit and tie and to be all put together and to be – um, impartial and to be all these really pro things that leave you really cold and leave you really disconnected. And the fact of the matter is a lot of people use sports to get out of a headspace where they're worrying about finances or they're worrying about their lives and to sort of show that we were doing the same thing. We were using the sports to distract us from how brutal we were doing personally. Um, I think that connection, it's not a big leap. It's not a huge uh, difference. And, and I think that's true for a lot of people. And it and it was true for us, for sure.
0: Th- was it the stuff you're going through uh, yourself? And y- you have this outlet in order to talk about it. But is that what led to the break in Sportsfeld? That's interesting. You know what? Truthfully? Because I really, I want to know. Yeah. Wanna- and
1: a lot of people ask about it. The honest to God truth was I was applying for a job uh, with a pro team. Hmm. And I was like, if I go, if, if they're, once you apply for a job, the next thing you do is panic about your social media, right? <laughs> so the very next thing you do is panic. So I locked my account and I said, if I'm on, if the next thing I do when they look me up is put out a podcast where I complain about them, that's not going to be good. No. So there was about a two month process where I was in talks with that team and then it didn't come to fruition and I was crushed. I just crushed. I was just so sad about it. Uh, and I didn't want to go, then I didn't want to go back on mad at them. And then next right, thing I knew, of course, you
0: want to kind of reset back to right, zero. Right.
1: Next thing I knew, it's been three months, and I'm like, "Oh, great! Now we're now we're really far behind, and now when we come back, it has to be now it's a thing when we come back." And once it became like coming back is going to be a thing, I really didn't want it to just be us huddling around this crappy microphone in my living room again, right? Having the same guests, the same low audio quality, because it just didn't seem worth it to me. I when I when it, if it. If it were to come back, I wanted it to come back properly, which is what was so attractive about partnering with you, was the studio and the tech answers and the sort of that next step. I didn't want to come back and it be the same. I wanted it to come back and be elevated and be something we could be proud of. Um, and I know every time Jake and I got together for the last two years, it came up and we were like, we should really get back to it. But, <laughs> but again, I, there was a quality I wanted to hit that I didn't – we were, we were going to get to. And – you know, if we had come back earlier, I think we would have come back and immediately just left again and been like, yeah.
0: Same old, it. same it's, old. It's
1: just not it – it wouldn't have been worth it for us. Um, so, I mean, a lot of stuff happened that was entertaining that would have been made for individual episodes. Like, it would have been cool to have had a show during the Kawhi trade. It would have been cool right. to have a show for Tavares. It would have been cool to have a matthews show.
0: matthew's Did you – he,
1: had he, he, he hadn't played yet. Um, right. he'd been drafted.
0: So, so the four goal night. Four goal night would have been cool. If there's yeah. three
1: or four, five things, like some Jay's trades that would have been like, that would have been sweet, but there's like a hundred episodes that would have been trash and they would have sounded bad. And then we wouldn't have had our hearts behind them. I also didn't want to get fired from Sportsnet. Right. <laughs> like I also didn't want to get. <laughs> the truth comes right? out. Well, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things where like, if they aren't looking for a reason to fire me for the show, it, they they won't find one. Yeah. But if they are, it wouldn't take long for them to take something. Right. Right. I'm smarter than I was then. I'm not going to be that person ever. It's just like, I'm smarter. It's a development opportunity for me. It's something that, um, additionally, near the end of my time at Sportsnet, we talked about me helping at the fan and I was recording demos and it was just, I was just impatient and it wasn't moving fast enough for me. So I look at it now and there's stuff that I want to do that. I know I have to prove I can do it first. So Sportsnet, Sportsfeld, I keep saying Sportsnet, but Sportsfeld is that chance for me to prove that like, if you give me my own show, we can blow it out. We can. I can I can host serious. I can host funny. Um, I really want this to be a development thing. And I want it to be great in and of its own. I want it to be a great show for me. And I want it to be a great show for Jake. And I want it to be a great show for you guys where it becomes profitable and it becomes this big thing, bigger than we ever dreamed. And, you know, my focus now is just on putting out great shows every weekend and making it the best it possibly can be.
0: To tie the beginning with the end, it's amazing what we've learned since high school. Yes. That all we have to do really is apply yourself just a little bit. Yeah. And we can go from, yeah, I can I can pass the class to, yeah, I can really knock it into the park.
1: Absolutely. And I think probably took us longer than it took people who didn't have the advantages we had. I think sort of there's been um, a real awakening in my life with people who didn't have the advantages I have had and how hard they have always been working. And you look at that and you go, well, damn, like I was given a lot of rope. At my old jobs and I was allowed to say no to a lot of things that somebody who wasn't me would have jumped at and I don't want that to ever happen to me again. I don't want to ever be the guy who takes his spot for granted and, and pushes back and says, eh, that's not really my style. Like, I, I Give me all of it. Give me all the yes. Give me all the chances because – I probably don't deserve them, right? That's ultimately where I am. Nah,
0: yeah. right?
1: but <laughs> like you know what I mean. There's it's true. there's probably somebody out there who works harder than me yeah. at this previous and deserves a shot. I never got it, and it would be stupid of me now, after all I've had and squandered, to get another shot and not really, really try to make it great. So it's a different headspace for sure. But I'm I'm optimistic that that grade twelve play can come back again and we standing ovations every night as Romeo.
0: I uh, You got standing ovations yeah. every night? Yeah. I played Robin Hood. We knocked, we, we knocked it out of the park. We were really good. I wish I could say the same thing about myself. <laughs> one last one as we wrap up. The deceased was born 1926 and was living in the state of Pennsylvania when they applied for social security benefits. Andrew Zuber died in 2002 at the age of 75 years, seven months, and 27 days. I picked this one because of all the obituaries I found. In a way, this was the saddest. Mm. Uh, it was just like he was living in Pennsylvania. When he applied for social security. We didn't even say where he died. Didn't say anything about his family. If you were to boil down your life as of right now into a sentence, what would you say about yourself? To be able to compress things down to a line, yeah. I believe, says a lot about uh, the life you've lived, but also how you view yourself right now. And, and, and I think that's kind of neat as we, you know, not only... Hopefully, after this podcast, continue on with a new friendship. But also, we see where Sportsfeld's gone. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see how you compress things down. I think he had fun. Would be there. He had fun. Andrew Zuber, your boy, the Zubes.
1: 1985 1985- <laughs> dash. He had fun. <laughs> yes. What else is there? Like you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of reasons to. A lot of stuff happens that could really get you down, but yeah. I try to have fun. It's I try to toe that balance. I think you, I think I. Tried to show that in this interview where it's like I have this veneer of like I'm not trying any of this and it's funny and it's not serious. But beneath that is somebody that is like very much attempting to. It's, it's, right. it's, it's intentional, Apply right? Completely. It's it, hopefully eventually that is propped up by a, a, a lot of hard work and a lot of like effort to maximize what I've been given.
0: I believe that. Uh, All big changes start with the littlest things and we can't expect ourselves to do a really, really big thing without being willing to take all the small steps that lead up to it. And at the same time pat yourself on the back for achieving yes. all the small steps that lead up to it so i like to end the podcast where i tell everyone to please be good to themselves and do the simplest thing possible and that's eat their, your vegetables mm. so i'm hoping as we wrap up you can help me with that uh for myself from your boy the zoobs andrew zuber from dylan who's running all the levels from luca who will no doubt edit this at some point and hey why not jake and sean or another room uh please 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 be good to yourself eat your vegetables Let's get a little more umph And eat your vegetables. I've never asked someone to redo it before, so it made <laughs> me
1: laugh. I love notes, I said before. <laughs>